Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, join me in Hebrews 11. And I want to minister on something that... uh, I'm calling a sacred trust, a sacred trust. Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, I'm going to do my best to move steadily through this, but there's so much to be said, and, and uh, everybody watching online, stay with us, stay hooked, because you're believing with me, right? And... Uh, A sacred trust. Hebrews 11 and 3 says, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things that do appear. Things which were made and seen were not made of things which do appear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This, uh, this is the directive that uh, Pastor Michelle and I received in 1996. To go and build people's faith, the Lord said this specifically, the vision for your life and ministry is to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. Amen. We all have this same call. Every person in this ministry has a portion of this anointing to do this. To build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. So this anointing is to accomplish what? Build people's faith. Build people's faith. I mean, think about it for a minute. All of our churches are called faith builders. Our television program is called Faith Builders. Our Bible school is called Faith Builders. Our fellowship is called Faith Builders Fellowship. Why? That's our call. That's what's been entrusted to us, is to build faith. Amen. The Lord said something one time to Brother Keith Moore, and it blessed me so much when I heard it. He said that uh, he was going to Ramah and had been, well, he had graduated Ramah, and he was preaching there in the healing school, and he said they asked him to be an instructor in the Bible college, the Bible school, Ramah. And he said, you know, I didn't have a doctorate or anything of that nature, and he said, so I thought, I needed to kind of branch out and start learning some other things. You know, uh, uh, get, get some theology under my belt, if you would. And he said, so I started studying, in, in his word, big books with long words, right? And he said, uh, 
The whole time I was doing that, something just wasn't right. And he said, I wrote this down. He said, the Lord said to me, he said, Keith, I have many good ministries all over the globe. I could have sent you to any one of those that I chose to. But I sent you here. And then he said this, so get this. I sent you here, so get this. Get what's being said here. Do you see this? God sent you here, so get this. Build people's faith. That's what's here. Are you with me? This is the commission that God gave Michelle and I. To build people's faith. And so every church that hooks up with our fellowship, every minister that's a part of our fellowship, the ultimate result in their life and ministry will be to build people's faith. If they're an evangelist and they hook up with our ministry, they'll be a faith-building evangelist. If they're a teacher, they'll be a faith-building teacher. If they're a pastor, they'll be a faith-building pastor. Amen. Amen. And people will say, well, isn't there more in the Bible than faith? Yeah, there there is. There's a lot more in the Bible than faith. But faith is our part. Faith is our part. That's what God told us to do. To build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God. Amen. This is important because uh, God has not told every minister in the United States to build people's faith. I was talking with a friend of mine Wednesday night after church, and uh, we were talking about a, a, a pastor that we, we, is a mutual friend of ours, and uh, some people were kind of giving him a hard time because of what he preaches, and, and uh, uh, he doesn't preach anything wrong. He, he is uh, 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 just preaching what God told him to preach, and I said, but here's what his people don't understand. If he starts preaching something else... He won't have the anointing to do what he needs to do. You don't want your pastor preaching anything other than faith. Because that's not what I'm anointed to do. And by extension, if you're hooked up to this ministry, that's what you're anointed to do. You understand? This is important. Amen. But with us, and by extension you, it's build people's faith. Look at your neighbor and say, and us, and by extension you, is to build people's faith. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. Say, us... And by extension, you are to build people's faith. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Now, we can, we can break that down and say, well, that's the vision of this ministry. No, that's the purpose of this ministry. And that is the sacred trust that God's given this ministry. Is to build faith. 
Amen. Hallelujah. If we do not build people's faith and teach faith, hear me, our ministry becomes irrelevant. It did get quiet. It becomes irrelevant. Because here's the thing. Remember I was preaching a couple weeks ago, and I said, uh, uh, a, a, a man or a woman of God doesn't need to just go start a church. There needs to be a reason. Why are you starting a church? Right? Does that make sense? What, why are you doing that? Because there needs to be a reason. You know, as far as I know, in this city, in, in, in here, Lawrence, even Olathe, we're the only Word of Faith church. Amen. That's what we do. If we don't do it, why do we need to be here? What's the purpose of us being here? If we don't do it in Little Rock, what's the purpose of us being there? If Pastor Larry Marie don't do it in Clarksville, what's the purpose of them being there? If Pastors Gasway don't build faith in Raytown, what's the reason for them being there? And then the ministry, the ministry becomes irrelevant because it's not doing our part. You understand? Hallelujah. The way to avoid that is to stay in what we're anointed to do. Faith is not a movement. It's it's not a camp. It's a core doctrinal position. And hear me tonight. The devil hates it. The devil hates faith. Hates it. Why? Well, just look what it did to your life. He doesn't want everybody else having that. Is that right? Hallelujah. See, what happens when you understand the concepts of faith and you begin to believe God can turn it around? You begin to have faith that God can heal me, that God can bless me, that God can put my life back together. What starts happening? Everything begins to change because you have faith. You now have the victory that overcomes the world. You have the building blocks to the life you've always wanted because you have faith. In God. Amen. And the devil hates that. He hates that. One of the six foundational doctrines in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 is faith in God. Six foundational doctrines. Amen. Are you with me? He hates faith because faith is the key. The enemy wants to push just a little here and there. Just give a nudge here or there. Just push a person away from faith. And and one of the main things, there's two things 
that people go to extremes in. One of them is they get over into works. Now, when I say get into works, I, I preach today. There are things you've got to do. You've got to present your body. You've got to renew your mind. When I say works, I mean doing something to get and uh, 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 qualify for what God's already given you. Amen. Faith is not works. Faith without works is dead. You've got to apply works to your faith. But faith is not works. He'll push people over into works and get them out of faith. The second thing that he does is push people over into this idea of, well, just let go and let God. Just let go and let God. The devil likes that. Because he's not mentioned in any of that. Right? I mean, if you get over there into let go and let God, well, what happens if you let go and something bad happens? Who are you going to blame? Well, according to their line of thinking, you're going to blame God. Well, where's the devil? He's the one that did it. Right? But when you're in this core doctrinal position of faith, and I can see in the Word who God is, and how God is, and how God responds, and how God acts, and I put my faith in what His Word says, I can expect what He said He would be to me. Amen. And I'll hear people, people I respect, people I love, they'll say, oh, brother, just let go and let God. It's not let go and let God. It's get in there with God and make something happen. Amen. That's, that's faith. You're applying your faith. Amen. Say it out loud. Say, our sacred trust, our sacred trust is, faith. is faith. Oh, glory to God. The spiritual view, as I said, is get in there with God and use your faith. He just, he just pushes. The enemy's always pushing people to move them out of faith. Pushing churches to move them out of faith. Do this and do that. Push them. Get them out of faith. Well, then the ministry becomes irrelevant. People say, is every church called to preach faith? No. But we are. But we are. That's our position. Look at uh, the book of Jude. Only one chapter in Jude. We could probably read the whole thing, but we won't tonight. 25 verses. Start in verse 3. Look at verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. That was once delivered to the saints. The Roost Bible says, Divinely loved ones, when giving every diligence to be writing to you concerning the salvation possessed in common by all of us, I had constraint laid upon me to write to you, beseeching you, notice this, to contend with intensity and determination for the faith once for all entrusted into the safekeeping of the saints. This message of faith was entrusted to us for safekeeping. I'm going to share something with you in just a moment that I believe will help you. Safekeeping. 
If someone came up to you and said, I'm going to give you this certain item and I want you to keep it for safekeeping. Well, you're not just going to leave it in your floorboard. You're going to put it somewhere. Right? You're going to guard it. You're going to protect it. Right? You're going to make sure it's somewhere safe. Because it was given to you for safekeeping. In other words, I need to pay attention and know where it's at and know what's going on with it. Amen. When a person or a ministry just starts preaching what everybody else is preaching, they are no longer keeping safe what God designed them to preach. Amen. Do you see that? This is important. Because if you come here long enough, you're going to hear faith in the morning, faith in the evening, faith when the sun goes down. Why? We are faith builders. That's who we are. Amen. That, 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 that's who we've been for over 20 years. The, the, moment, the moment that I could get that name changed, I did. Faith builders. Look at your neighbor and say, I am. And you are a faith builder. Glory be to God. Well, you know, but pastor, I'm not a preacher. It doesn't matter. If you are here and you're part of this ministry in any of our locations that are watching, you are a faith builder. And you have a responsibility to build faith in the lives of the people that you encounter. Anything good that happens to you, don't you want to tell other people about it? So you go to your job and people say, I heard you were sick one time. And you say, yeah, I was, but let me tell you. This is what God did for me. And if you'll put faith in Him and His Word, He'll do the same thing for you. What have you just become? A faith builder. Amen. Hallelujah. The Message Bible says, Fight with everything you have in you. For this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and cherish. Do you see that? Notice this words again. Fight with everything you have in you. That sounds important. If you're supposed to fight with everything you have. For, for, for what? He says. Uh, th- there it is. Thank you sir. Dear friends. I've dropped everything to write. You about this life of salvation that we have in common, I have to write insisting, begging. Do you see that? That you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and cherish. Jude says, the brother of Jesus says, I am writing this. In fact, I'm begging you. To fight with everything you have in you for this faith. What could God do 
in people's lives if they, if they fought with everything in them for faith. Amazing things. Is that right? So earnestly contend. Fight for everything you have in you. What does that mean? you got to get after it. Is that right? Why would we need to contend for the faith? Very simply, it must be under attack. Must be under attack. We see a couple of things here. There are at least two things that we see here in this chapter that is the result of wrong doctrine. And you can read them at home, but I'll, I'll point some of them out. He mentions uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and their looseness. So the result of wrong doctrine, firstly, is looseness. Looseness. Anything goes. Lasciviousness. With wrong doctrine, people get less and less restrained and more and more like the world. Secondly, notice this. Uh, verse 8, likewise these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignity, of dignities. With wrong doctrine, secondly, there's always a lack of respect. Now, why am I saying this? He's saying these are enemies of faith. Looseness and lack of respect. Do you see that? Amen. That's why I, 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 I laughed one time. Well, I say I laughed. I wasn't laughing. My pastor laughed. Because uh, somebody came to the church one time. They were talking to me, uh, the Little Rock location. And they were talking to me, and, and they introduced themselves. And I don't, I don't remember their names. Uh, uh, but uh, they made a statement, and they, they referred to my pastor in very loose terms. Well, you just lost me right there. We're done. Why? That's disrespectful. People of faith are not disrespectful. Right? Like Brother Keith said one time, somebody came to him and, and, and was talking to him about Brother Hagin, and they said, so how's the old man? He said, what do you mean the old man? Who, who are you talking about? Oh, you know, Brother Hagin. Well, see, that, that, that's taking the message for granted. He says this is evidence of wrong doctrine. When doctrine is sound, you don't get more ungodly. You get more godly. When doctrine is sound, you don't become less respectful, you become more honoring, you become more respectful. Is that right? Notice Jude 1. We're, we're right there in, in, in Jude, verse 16. Hallelujah. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust. Their mouth speaks great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. You say, Pastor, I thought we were talking about faith. I am. 
how we're entrusted with it and what can and what can move you away from it. Be cautious of flattering prophecies. Be cautious. Amen. I, I share this with you just because uh, uh, it's a, appropriate. One time I was uh, I was in a a, a a situation, and somebody was was speaking, and and they were speaking some good words about me, and uh, uh, different things. And you know you you appreciate good words. I mean, it's much better to have good words than bad words. But uh, they, they made a statement, and I, and I won't say what it was, just because it wouldn't be appropriate. But they, they made a statement, and it, uh, when they said it, it just, it, oh, it just, it, it rubbed my spirit the wrong way. And up out of my spirit, because they, they were talking about me in a, in a very flattering way. And up out of my spirit floated these words, I don't share my glory. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't taking the glory, but he was reminding me of something. I don't share my glory. Amen. God may give you a prophecy and tell you you're going to do something and that you're called for something, but beware of those flattering prophecies. Oh, yes. I was, I was watching a, a deal on TV the other night, and this guy was speaking over people, and, and he came to this this person couldn't have been 20, 21 years of age, and he just began to give him this swelling prophecy and about all these things, and, and you're going to be mighty, and you're going to this, and you're going to that. Walk away. Walk away. Because that's Jesus that they're describing. Oh, you're going to have a ministry that changes the world. That's Jesus that they're describing. No man or woman will ever change the world. Jesus will change the world. And if we got some small part in it, praise God. God used us. What's our part? Build faith. What's our part? Build faith. This is so important. It's so important because it'll move you out of faith. I say to move you out of faith. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. I don't know everything. But I have been watching people a long time. And dealing with people a long time. And I can tell, I can tell you things to watch out for. Amen. Because it usually starts like this. Oh, brother, I've never heard anybody preach like you. Oh, sister. I've never heard anybody break the word down like you can. Oh, when you hit that one revelation, I thought I was going to go in the rapture. We did have a rapture drill today because <laughs> we heard the trumpet. People say, well, what do you do with that? Walk away. Why? Because they're talking about Jesus, not me. If I had some part in changing your life, I'm grateful. I'm pleased. I will keep doing it. But Jesus and His Word changed your life. I might have preached it, 
But Paul made a statement. They were getting in, they were getting in the conflict. They were getting in the conflict and carnality. And Paul said, remember the scripture where he talks about, you are yet carnal? Because there's among you envying and division and strifes. What did he go on to say from there? Because one of you says, I am of Paul and I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? The next part of that verse says, and operating as mere men. Who's Paul? Who's Apollos? But ministers by who you believe. Even as the Lord gave to every man. The Lord gave everybody the chance. They're ministers of the gospel that you believe by. That doesn't mean we, 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 we disrespect and, and, and don't honor people. But it means you, you've got to understand something. That what God has put in your life, God has put in your life to help people and to change people's life. God has given you this revelation of faith so that you can go into every man's world and build their faith by the Word of God. Oh, hallelujah. Whew. These people that he's talking about, they don't have a voice. I'm talking to some of the fellowship pastors. They don't have a voice, so they want to use your voice. They don't have a platform, so they want to use your platform. You hear me? But, hear me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why they're seeking access. Well, stay in your lane. Hallelujah. Our call is to build faith. I told, I told uh, a couple of pastors one time, I was talking with them, and I said, uh, I, I, I made this statement, and, and, and <laughs> I've, I've pastored this way, for 20 years. If I'm in town, I'm going to preach. I'm the pastor. Now, we know that, and, and we understand that. But, but, but here's the thing. is uh, My pulpit is not so somebody can come in from outside and try out their latest revelation on my people. If you're not going to build faith, and, and, and that's why that, that leads me to this. Am I helping you all with this? That, that, that leads me to this. That I, I, I've heard this over the years so much. And it, it, uh, I have mellowed over the years. When uh, some years ago, when I got up on a Saturday morning, 19, well, I don't, I don't remember. Well, it would have been 97, probably 97 98, middle of 98. And I got up one morning, and when my feet hit the ground, we were living in a little rental house over at 7548 Corona Street in Wyandotte County, uh, in the dot, all right, and over by state line. And uh, I got up that morning, and I just knew. It dropped into my spirit that I was supposed to be a pastor. I knew that as sure as my name is what it was. Well, at the time, I was an assistant pastor 
at a, a little church over off of Steel Road in Kansas City, Kansas. And uh, I, was, I was doing most of the preaching. You've heard that story from time to time. And uh, the pastor was sickly, and, and, and I was doing most of the preaching. But, but here's the thing. Uh, I knew my role. I, I had no, I had no uh, even desire at the time to do anything but what I was doing. Well, God began to talk to me. I'm going through this for a reason about moving, about he was taking me somewhere else. Well, I didn't know what it was all about because by nature, I'm a homebody. I just, I like to be at home. Amen. I, I am the most boring person you ever want to be around. People say, I don't believe that. I don't care. I go the same way to the office every day. I never change. If, if I go a different way, it's because the road's closed. Well, don't you like to try out new ways? Why try out new ways? That way works. <laughs> That's why I'm called to be a pastor. I don't mind preaching the same thing. But my point is, so I'm satisfied. But in my flesh, but in my spirit, I started knowing that God has a move for us. Well, here's, here's the thing. The spirit of the leadership started rising up against me. I'm saying this for a reason. They weren't rising up against me. I had gotten a hold of faith. I would gotten a hold of faith. And I was preaching faith. And they started rising up against me preaching faith. Oh, yeah. I had a person stand up in Sunday school. They asked if they, anybody had a testimony. And I was, I was sitting about where Pat is. And this person was sitting about right here. And they stood up in Sunday school and turned around and looked at me and said, well, you know, we've been hearing a lot of teaching about faith. And they made this statement. I think all those faith people are just in a dream world. Well, you do. Well, I sit there and I, this is changing my life. Right? I'm going to earnestly contend for the faith. So these things are going on. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to reconcile what's going on. And eventually, uh, the pastor told me to go ahead and leave. So I did. And uh, we went and had a, a meeting one place. And then they, they asked me to come out here and preach. I did not come to DeSoto to get a church. I came in DeSoto and I thought, who in the world would ever want to live here in this town? There's nothing here. If you sneeze, you'll miss it. I mean, back then they put a mirror on one end of town to make DeSoto look bigger. And, and we came here, and, and, and the first night I preached, I preached on a Sunday night. And I'll be real honest with you. When I got done preaching, I thought, my God, I'm glad that's over with. I never have to go back there again. 
And the pastor caught me as I was leaving. He said, would you, would you run a revival for us this week and go through Wednesday? And I thought, dear Lord, if I say no, I got to have a reason. And I don't have a good reason. And I can't lie. <laughs> so I said, okay. And man, I ministered on Monday night. And I got some looks. And Tuesday night, I got some more looks. And Wednesday night, I would thank you, Lord, this is it. And I was preaching right here, and the Lord said, I want you to make yourself available to pastor this church. Oh, my Lord, I was so tempted to say, you are crazy. This is, <laughs> this is not happening. But we did. Now, here's my point. I didn't come here looking for a church. I was just doing what I'm called to do. But there were people in the church that were looking for me. I didn't know it, but they were. Amen. Well, that's over 22 years ago. Now, here, here's what I'm getting at. And so, over the years, from time to time, I've heard this, and I've seen this. And I'm, I'm dealing specifically with our family, with our fellowship. I need you to see this tonight. I'm taking my time because I want to say it right. I've had people go to this extreme. I've had people come and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm here to learn from you until God moves me into what he wants me to do. If God called you here, get this. God doesn't call people to a ministry to equip them so they can go and abandon that ministry. If God called you to be a teacher, a preacher, an evangelist, an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, why can't you use your gifts and your anointing to edify the fellowship? To edify the fellowship churches. To be a pastor in the Faith Builders Fellowship. How, how, do you, how, do, how do you know that where you're at, that God doesn't want to expand and enlarge your influence where you are? Why is it always, I got something else to do somewhere else? Amen. Does that make sense? It's not that there won't be people that go somewhere else. I understand that. But what God is moving this fellowship into is this birthing of the fellowship on a larger scale in this nation. Growing the churches from the inside out. Amen. Strengthening what is. Well, how's He going to do that? He's going to use your anointing and your giftings to build what he wants to do in this place where faith is a sacred trust. You see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Because there is no more satisfaction somewhere else. You understand what I'm saying? Any minister that I've ever, that, that I've ever watched that, that got away 
from the core place that God took them to. I've never watched them do better. It's important. It's important. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Now, now, now why is that important? Think, think, think about this for a moment. There were people that were in this church over the past 20 plus years. Anointed people. There, there, there was one person that the Lord moved on my wife, and my wife is not a prophecy giver. She's not a frequent flopper, meaning that she doesn't give anybody a charity drop. If you lay your hands on her and, and, and she goes out, you had something. I've watched preachers try to bend her over. She's not, if it's not there, she's not, and I want to say, <laughs> away with you. <laughs> it's not that you're not anointed, but she's not going down. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a matrix, but you know. <laughs> but she's also, she's, she's also not loose with words. She called that man up. And spoke to him and said, the Lord is telling me that he is placing within you a gift to teach. And that he wants to reveal things to you. And she mentioned a certain, a certain individual, a certain minister. And she said, he wants to move in this teaching gift like he's moved through his life. Oh, that person just wept and wept and wept. Where are they at? They forsook the sacred trust. The anointing on your life flows strongest and at its fullest where God called you. You will never be any more anointed than you are right here. Those of you watching online, you'll never be any more anointed than you are in whatever of our locations that you're in. You'll never be any more anointed than there. And so what I've got to do and what I've got to be cautious about is that I am constantly contending for the faith, not looking for my next opportunity. Does that make sense? Not, not looking for when, when do I get mine. You got it. Whether you're a preacher or not, whether you're a leader or not, you've got your opportunity right here to what? To earnestly contend for the faith. Amen. Amen. This is important. Am I helping you? Verse 20. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So he starts off, talking about contending for the faith, he ends up talking about building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. God has entrusted us with faith. Oh, hallelujah. God could have had you fed from any other ministry, anywhere in the world. He could have had you born somewhere else, but here you are with us. Amen. 
All the pastors watching online. God could have had you hooked up with any other ministry. Have another name on any of your churches. God could have had you in any city with any other organization. But here you are with us. Amen. And we are faith all the time. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 9. I don't have too much more. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 9. Would you do me a favor? Go back there and get my iPad. Something uh, messed up. All my notes aren't here. That's a bad thing. Hallelujah. Notice Paul says in verse uh, 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is entrusted to me or committed to me. Notice something. He says this dispensation of the gospel is committed to me. One translation, the Amplified Bible there says, I am entrusted with a sacred trusteeship and commission. Do you see that? I am entrusted with a sacred trusteeship and commission. Teaching and preaching faith is a sacred commission, a sacred trust. Do you see that? Hallelujah. Now, why is this so important? Because... uh, Teaching and preaching faith is a sacred trust, and we can't allow it to be twisted out of us. Every pastor watching me, you got to stay. You know, we have a, a saying, you've heard it a lot, dance with the one what brung you. Right? Well, why? Because then when you're walking home, you won't get lost in the woods. <laughs> Amen. It's a sacred trusteeship. Oh, glory. We will give an account to the Lord for how well we do with what He's called us to teach and preach. We've been entrusted a sacred stewardship. Hear how the Lord said this to me. Of the very faith of God. And we are to be good stewards of this trust. Why? Because we'll give an account for what we did with it. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm a steward of this sacred trust. So we've got to contribute this to the body of Christ or what? Or we risk our ministries becoming irrelevant. 
Amen. Think about this for a moment. You can't tell what is producing lasting eternal effects by looking at the externals of ministries or preachers or churches. You can't tell. There, there are big ministries that are having no lasting impact. There are little ministries that are having no lasting impact. What are the ministries that are having lasting impact? The ones that are staying with what God told them to do. Right? This is important. Because why? Everywhere you go, ever what you do, ever what department you're leading, wherever you're speaking, what are you doing? You're building faith. If, if I'm in the kids' ministry, I'm building faith. If I'm in the youth ministry, I'm building faith. If I'm in the young adults, I'm building faith. If I'm teaching the elders, I'm building faith. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If I got a black church, I'm building faith. If I got a white church, I'm building faith. If I got a Hispanic church, I'm building faith. Why? That's what I have been given a sacred trust to do. And Paul said, woe to me if I don't. Why? Because I've been given this sacred trusteeship. Oh, glory. The Lord does not reward size or numbers. He rewards faithfulness. He rewards faithfulness. Say it out loud. God rewards faithfulness. God rewards faithfulness. 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 Oh, that's important. I said that's important. Notice now. This came to me. I heard someone say this and, and, I, and I took it. When, when Brother Hagen was on his deathbed, Mark 11, 23 and 24 was a complete mystery to him. If, if you've heard his story any, any, any number of times, he said, uh, I saw that. And he said, I saw that the Bible said the, the woman with the issue of blood, that her faith made her whole. And he said, so I began to ask, is this for today? Can I have what I say? Will my faith make me whole? Well, he didn't know. Nobody could tell him. None of his family could tell him. So remember, he began to ask them to get preachers to come and see if Mark 11, 23 and 24 was true. And the first two didn't come. And the third one came. And he said, dear God, he almost put the light out. But now why is he calling? Why is he asking? He don't know. Is that for me? Will my faith make me whole? Now, listen, why did he have to ask? People say, well, he didn't know. Why didn't he know? Because, the, right, the previous generation hadn't taught him. If we don't teach our generation's faith, those coming up will have a gap in what they believe. And they won't know how to believe God the way we know how to believe God. You hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. The previous generation... Faith had been lost. That's what happens when a generation doesn't teach faith. That generation, it's lost on them. God told, God told uh, uh, Oral Roberts, 
to show my healing power to your generation. And he did. God told Lester Summerall, show my strength to your generation. And he did. God told Kenneth Hagin, go teach my people faith. Oh my God. All of us in here at some point could raise a hand and say we were affected by Kenneth Hagin. That something that he taught affected our life. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Amen. Why? Because all he did was preach and teach faith. Preach and teach faith. He said, no matter what I'm teaching on, no matter what I'm ministering on, I will eventually get over to faith and healing, faith and healing, faith and healing. Why? That's what changed his life. When, when you look at a person like me, when I got a hold of the word, I had nothing. I did not have the proverbial pot or the window. I had none of it. I was broke. I was bankrupt. I was a, I was a mistake going somewhere to happen. But I got a hold of the word of God. God said, you learn faith and you go build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And my life was never the, cha- the same. It is a sacred trust. And I have a responsibility to teach it and preach it. Because if we don't, it'll be lost. Amen. Do you hear me? Mm. We will not lose the ground the previous generation gained. Hallelujah. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 4. Mm mm mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm almost done. You're doing all right. Hallelujah. You, 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 you think about that. I, I know a minister that I, that I knew very well at one point, and he kind of distanced himself from me. And... Uh, uh, he was, man, he was a faith man. He was, he was faith in the morning, faith in the evening, faith in the afternoon. And something changed. Something switched. And you know what it was? He started seeing people going through situations. And, and maybe they were quoting the word, and, and maybe he didn't see a change or whatever. And he, and, and he began to get over into this line of thinking that, uh, you know, uh, uh, that it's, it's, it's more than just your confession. And, 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 and you know, yeah, you got to have faith, but, but you've also got to do this. And you might have to have counseling. And you might have to have, you know, psychoanalysis and all these other things. Listen, I'm not against any of that. I believe in all of that in its proper place. But here's the issue. The Bible says faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Whenever, whenever you see somebody, they're involved in this, and they'll do that, boy, they'll just go at it, and then they stop, and then they're over here, and they're involved in this, and they'll do that for a while, and then they stop, and they get over here, and they're involved in this, and now they want to go over here and do this, and we're doing this, and we're doing that, and they don't just stay with something movable. you got to stay with it. You got to stay with it. Are you following me? 1 Corinthians 4 and 1. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 
Preachers or not, we're stewards. Whether you're a preacher or not, you're a steward. And he said what's, what's required in a steward is that they be found faithful. What is faithful? Being true to the original. Hallelujah. Being true to the original. So you're just staying with it because it's a sacred trust. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 4. And uh, verse 9. Two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that's alone when he falls, for he hath not another to help him up again. Amen. If two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two will withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Hallelujah. We're all parts of the same body. But there are parts of the body that I'm directly connected to. The faith part. I'm directly connected to that. I heard one man say it this way. He said, you know, there are, like my hands are... uh, Relatively familiar every day with my head. My feet, not so much. Matter of fact, I cannot remember the last time my foot touched the top of my head. You? No. Right? Now that's, it. that's important. Because there are parts of the body that I am directly connected to. Watching online, sitting in here. If you're a minister, if you're a leader, if you're called to a ministry office, the, the, the part of the body that you're directly connected to is us. The faith part. Everybody say the faith part. The faith part. Amen. And then, and then notice he says uh, there are benefits to being joined together. Is that right? So this joining, this is the joining of our faith, the joining of our anointings, the joining of our resources. Hallelujah. So what is my anointing for? To build this part of the body. To, To earnestly contend for the faith. That was entrusted to me. So that means if I'm in Little Rock or I'm in DeSoto or I'm in Clarksville or I'm in Raytown or wherever I'm at, it means if I'm an usher, if I'm a greeter, if I'm on the worship team, if I'm in the children's ministry, the nursery, the the teens, the young adults, whatever it may be, parking lot ministry, whatever I am, while I'm working in the parking lot, what I'm doing is earnestly contending for the faith. I'm fighting with everything in me for the faith. 
Well, those ushers were out there today shoveling the walk. They were earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. They were taking hold of it and guarding a sacred trust. Hallelujah. Do you see this? That's important. Because that's what I use my anointing for. Is to what? Build faith. Build faith. Build faith. There are ministers I know, and ministers that, 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 that <laughs> people have known that, 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 that I have inside information about. And I watch their lives, and I watch their ministries, and they are nowhere where they could be had they stayed where God called them. Amen. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Mm. There are a lot of good places, a lot of good ministries. <laughs> but we're faith churches. Well, you know, I'm not sure about that. You're going to have a hard time. <laughs> because that's, that's what we are. We're, 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 we're faith churches. We're faith people. We're people of faith. Hallelujah. The Living Bible gives us even more insight. Two can accomplish more than twice as much, for the results can be much better. What does that mean? One joined to one, according to these scriptures, equals three. Not two, three. In the world, in the business world, they call it synergy. There's a synergy. Hallelujah. God sent you here. Get this. Amen. Hallelujah. You know... Uh, the first of the year, I just, I, I, I don't say I made a deal with God, but I just, I just made a declaration. I'll say it that way. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put everything aside, and I'm just going to wait on you. Because you have the plan, and you have the direction. I'm just going to keep preaching faith. Right? And man, the wisdom started coming. The wisdom started coming. My focus, my focus at this point in time is strengthening this fellowship, developing systems and teams in our churches and strengthening this fellowship, taking the churches that God has placed under our covering and under our care and strengthening those bodies. Making that fellowship even more cohesive. Making the ministers ordained under our ministry even more cohesive, even more a part of what's going on. It's important. Amen. Because, because you can get off in the periphery. I started feeling some pressure one time. Pressure to, to do things 
in, in foreign lands. And, you know, uh, 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 I'd have ministers that really liked the word of faith or liked us or whatever. And, and, and you know, they, 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 they want you to ordain people and do all these different things. And, and I don't have any problem with that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. God told me to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. He has brought churches under our care as a fellowship. He has brought ministers into every one of our churches with anointings and giftings and talents. My focus has to be there. You see what I'm saying? I've got young men, young women, middle-aged women, middle-aged men, old men, and old women. Sorry, ladies. Nobody in here, of course. That what? Have a call of God on their life. What do they need to be encouraged to do? Guard that sacred trust. When, when Paul told Timothy, read through First and Second Timothy and Titus, the pastoral epistles, and see how much faith is mentioned. Over and 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 over again. He tells Timothy, make full proof of your ministry. Do the work of an evangelist. Over and over again encouraging him. When I think of the unfeigned faith that is in you, that first dwelt in your mother and in your grandmother, he said, my God, it moves me to tears. When I think about the faith that's in you. Hallelujah. And you have the opportunity preacher or not, to take that unspeakable gift of faith and share it with somebody and change their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are kids in here that know more about faith than you knew when you were 20 years old. Thank God. Why? Because we're taking this sacred trust serious. We're going to build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. If not you, who? And if not now, when? God anointed you. God called you. God put a call on your life and an anointing in your life. But he did not put a calling and an anointing on your life for you just to go do whatever you think you need to do. God called you to a place. He called you to a body. He called you to a fellowship. And he says, now you earnestly contend for the faith where you're at and I'll show you great and mighty things. Amen. I'll start, I'll close with this. You know, it's a worldly saying that the grass is always greener. What did that one lady say? What was her name? Irma Bombeck. Y'all remember her? Anybody remember her? Some, some of you are shaking your head. Some of you are like, I have no idea. I know. It was back when they had a thing called a newspaper. And <laughs> she wrote a book, and, and the title of the book was The Grass is Always Greener Because There's a Septic Tank on the Other Side of the Fence. <laughs> So it's not very spiritual, I understand, but <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Don't ever compare yourself among yourself. The Bible says that's not wise. I, I have preacher friends that are so eloquent that, dear Lord, you just feel like you're being whisked away to a far-off land when they speak. I, I, I have a preacher. He's going to be here. He's Prophet Leonard Ford. That man, your hair will activate without any soul glow. It's just, it just it, it, I mean, Jeremy's going to walk out of here with an afro. It's, it's get ready. I mean, you're going to watch him. He'll be sitting there and Leonard will be preaching. And he's like, bang, it's just, it's how it's going to be. I mean, good, good preacher. Pastor Caldwell can stand behind the pulpit and it looks like he's standing in a five-gallon wash tub. He don't, he don't move. He turns this way and he turns that way. And my God, the back of your head is just being blown off because of the revelation. Amen? But I've noticed something. I've noticed something. They stay with what they're called to do. Amen. I get around men like that, and I get around people like that. And Lord, I love, I love that preaching anointing. I love that eloquence. I love that solidity. I love that statesman-like demeanor of my pastor. But I learned a long time ago, I can't ever look at myself and compare myself with them. This is my part. Well, I'm not as good a preacher as they are. Well, maybe you're not a preacher. Maybe you're a teacher. Well, I'm not as good a teacher. Then maybe you're not a teacher. Maybe you're a preacher. I wish I could do that. How about this? How about just do what you're supposed to do? And build faith while you're doing it. Let, let, me, let me finish with this. So, you know, you, you, you go back in the nursery, and you know the nursery isn't teaching faith the way we do. It's got a little more goo-goo-ga-ga in it and a little more motion. You, 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 you go into faith, kids, and it's not exactly like it is in here. It's not supposed to be. Why? Can't, let me ask you why. Can you answer me why? Because they're kids. But is Heather doing a lesser job of building faith because she uses a duck? <laughs> right? Is Anthony and Tanya doing a lesser job of building faith because they have some Kid songs that lead up to it, are they doing a lesser job because they got to break it down? No. Is Ron and Deborah doing a lesser job because they have a different setup, they have a different approach, they understand I got to break it down and get it to them in 20 minutes? Are they doing a lesser job? No. They are guarding this sacred trust called faith. And they're breaking it down, mixing it up, making it soft, doing whatever has to be done so it's palatable to the, to the audience that's hearing it. 
Don't ever compare what you're doing to what someone else is doing if you are contending for the faith. You fight for everything that's in you for the faith. Because that's a sacred trust. And you don't move off of it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else is teaching the kids. It doesn't matter what anybody else is teaching the youth. It doesn't matter what anybody else is teaching their congregation. We are faith in the morning, faith in the evening, and faith when the sun goes down. Why? That's our part. Amen. Amen. I believe that. And, 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 and I'll close here. This is my third one, right? Will you count them? It might just take me five minutes. Who will give me five minutes? Hold, hey, hold your hands up. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. <laughs> Almost work. You, you write that down, all right? <laughs> but seriously, I, I, know, I, I, I know I want to get you home. I want you to be safe. Oh, Lord, help me remember what I was saying. Anybody even remember what I was saying? No? Huh? What? Not comparing yourself. Well, I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't important. But uh, uh, anyway, praise the Lord. God's, God's good to us. God's good to us. God's good to us. Stand up tonight, would you? Praise the Lord. God's good to us. God's good to us. God's good to us. God is good to us. Oh, hallelujah. This sacred trust. Hallelujah. And, and here's the thing. When you guard this sacred trust, the anointing increases on you. Revelation flows deeper because you're staying in the vein that God called you to. And He can reveal more things to you. If you're constantly switching streams, he can't get anything to you. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I have received my commission tonight to guard faith as a sacred trust. So as a believer, as a minister, as a leader, as one called into the ministry, I will fight for everything in me to guard faith and to make this fellowship and these churches all they could be and should be. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now look at your neighbor and say, I perceive that you've made a commitment to build faith in people's lives. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, the next time you get up in front of whatever group you're ministering to, it's going to be stronger. It's going to be deeper. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, God's good. Amen.